It's a hot summer night in New York City. This is the 10th Annual SummerSlam. Austin, from day one, I said I would stand alone. Now you have to answer the question, are you ready, boy? Undertaker, I respect you more than anybody here, but all sentimental crap aside, I ain't afraid to cheap shot you to death, but that's what I gotta do to hang on to this belt. Hey now, what's going on everybody? Welcome to the Hot Tag Podcast, and yes, you don't have to adjust anything. You don't have to think that this is like three, four months ago. Um, this is right now. It's June 30th, 2021. I am recording a brand new episode of the Hot Tag. I'm going to be doing this pretty regularly as often as I can because um, I'm involved with at least 12 other shows. Um, but, you know, happy to get back to the roots, which is uh, professional wrestling. So tonight, since we are literally for a lack of a better term, balls deep in the SummerSlam um, summer uh, as we get into July. Obviously, it's money in the bank. However, um, summertime is always the setup to the biggest party of the summer, which is WWE's uh, SummerSlam. And tonight, I figured I'd start this whole thing off with the, statistically speaking, the biggest summer, as of right now, I'm sure... August this year will be the biggest ever. Um, The biggest SummerSlam event in the history of the WWE. uh, SummerSlam 1998. So with me, as always here, not as always, but with me usually when I I do podcasts um, (laughs) is Dean Holzapple and George Rogers. Hey, what's going on again, boys? Hello, my friend. Mm -hmm. Hello. Hello, Chris. Chris, you have to be the hardest working man in podcasting. I, I and I get nothing for it. That's right. <laughs> um, letting, but, letting that hole be taken or nothing. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but the cool thing is, um, those of you who are listening now, Big Geek Energy has a brand new episode that just dropped. Um, I'm very grateful that I'll be. Uh, on uh, I guess premiering on the Station 007 podcast uh, this weekend, uh, and next week I will be on the Multiverse Movie Podcast. So, as mm-hmm. George said, I am nonstop just doing uh, a podcast, which is great. This is what I've been doing for over 15 years now, so it's just it's just common at this point. Um, so, the reason we're here is one. It's the biggest SummerSlam of all time, so we're going to talk about it. But two, this is Dean's favorite SummerSlam ever. Um, is it your favorite pay-per-view ever? Uh, I could probably make my make an argument that I enjoy this one the most, but uh, it's definitely my favorite SummerSlam, followed very, very closely by 2002. Okay, which, yeah. um, spoiler everyone, that's what we're going to be covering next week. Uh, which is my favorite SummerSlam. Actually, it's my favorite pay-per-view event of all time, which is SummerSlam 2002. Hard hard to argue against that. I mean, the unsanctioned match alone is enough to put it up there. I I adore that match. I think when we talked about it, I'm pretty sure I put that as my favorite HPK match. 
I think he did, yeah. And yeah. I I will say for those of you who aren't don't remember that card, just Google it. It is the greatest array of talent wrestling has ever seen in one place. Yeah. Um, just literally from top to bottom, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. It's just ridiculous. Um, so George, where are you at on SummerSlam 1998? It's definitely up there. I mean, I'd have to really look at um, all the other SummerSlams just to kind of do a comparison. But I mean, this 2002 um, definitely stand out as the pinnacle of the event. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is kind of go through the hits and I'm going to kind of outlay and give an analysis, give my, um, I guess you could say my little star rating on the matches. Um, Easy Meltzer. I know, right? I know. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's. Uh, Testing. <laughs> um, okay. So let's get this ball rolling, shall we? Um, so let's compare year over year. SummerSlam 1997, which is pretty much the beginning of the upward trajectory of the WWF. Um, it did 235,000 buys on pay-per-view, which is a 0.8 buy rate. It was, um, you know, it was also their return to running televised shows at the Meadowlands Arena, which is North Jersey. Um, WWE set several new company records for that building, not only in paid attendance which was 17,360 and the live gate which drew $523,000 but also merchandise sales y'all want to know how hot Austin 316 was not only did they did they set a record of $523,000 at the gate they made an additional $202,500 just on merchandise sales um which was absolutely insane um that is that is wild it just it you look at that and you seem that you would think that everybody and their brother had Austin three sixteen t shirts. Um, yeah. So let's see here. Now you go to SummerSlam nineteen ninety eight. So I I just really want you guys to 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 listen to this. Not just you guys. You're here, but those listening. August thirtieth nineteen ninety eight. So again, and I'm going to repeat this. SummerSlam ninety seven two hundred and thirty five thousand buys on pay per view. 1998, a year later, 700,000 buys. That's a 300% increase and a staggering 1.63 buy rate. Absolutely insane numbers. So let's keep going. I know. I mean, what prime attitude error. Exactly. Yeah. And, And then you go further. One, this is what's so incredible about this is from like 94 to like 97, the WWF did not run Madison Square Garden that often because they just mm. weren't selling out. Um, they just were not yeah. doing well. But come 1998, they sold out in, I think, uh, I just read this, 90 minutes this this mm. event sold out. 21,600 people, which produced a live gate of $770,000 and $215,000 at the merch table. Um, so um, what's, what was that again? Say again. What was that number again for merchandise? Yeah. $215,000. Wow. So that's about $16 per head that walked into that mm. building spent merchandise. So that's an Austin 316 shirt. 
<laughs> so, um, <laughs> all right. Nobody was buying their shirts for $16. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, were they probably like 20 back then, weren't they? Probably 20, 25. Yeah, yeah. I they figure SummerSlam right. probably even thirty. Yeah, they're probably you're right. twenty. What they're probably about thirty bucks right now. I think I, I thirty, think. thirty-five. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um. So, all right, here we go. Let's get into it. SummerSlam review, nineteen ninety-eight. This was the eleventh SummerSlam that took place at a time when the very popular Attitude Era was in full swing, with Steve Austin on top. He worked on top here as a WWE champion, and they had a bunch of talented performers on this card with him. The Undertaker was still there, you know, headlining mm-hmm. with Austin, as we know. Um, but this event was also the SummerSlam, I guess you could say, um, breakout for The Rock, who had a yeah. mega match, ladder match later on for the Intercontinental title with Triple H. Um, it Love was that also, match. and I, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. It was also a time for changes on the roster because the two best performers of the first decade of SummerSlam were gone. Bret Hart, uh, went south to WCW and Shawn Michaels was in his six month of a, almost five year absence with what we thought was a career ending back injury until career ending loss of smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Austin's storyline uh, heading into this with Vince McMahon as the evil ball as the evil boss that didn't like Austin as champ was the best angle in the history of the company at this point um, in terms, especially of dollars, bringing in ratings. Um, you know, if there was an issue on the roster, it's, it's that they didn't have a lot of great heels at this time that were, that were wrestlers. Vince was a great heel, but of course he's the owner of the company. He's not a full-time performer, even without mm-hmm. the, even without the strong heels in the ring, anybody, that watched in 1998 will tell you it was one of WWE's best years in terms of on-screen product. And the business was literally soaring. Um, simply put, this was the highest the business ever was up until, up until that point. Um, in 1998, fellas, where were you guys at in your fandom? I know, I mean, geez, I was, even, uh, I mean, Every single week, like this is what we like every Tuesday morning at lunch in school. It was, hey, man, what did happen on WCW? All right, cool. Let's talk about what Austin did to McMahon. Like, what was it like for you guys back then? If you can remember. Hey, George. No, Dean, you got I've got a thing here. Uh, so 98 was um, yeah, I was still watching a little bit of WCW at this point, but it was it was full swing WWF at this point with with me it was you know wcw had really been starting to kind of run the course the nwo was kind of getting beaten to the ground and mm-hmm. things were i gotta fix my mic stand things were uh <laughs> were kind of getting stale over there and mm-hmm. it was just one hit after another with wwf at this point and yeah it was just go to school so this is 98 right um yep. so i would have probably been in Six or seven? Six, six, yeah, sixth grade. Yeah, sounds sixth about grade. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was just you go to school and you talk about WWF night before. They, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was crazy to think about that. Um, how little people talked about WCW at this point because just yeah. how fast the bottom fell out from them. Mm-hmm. And WWF just, they, they were just, they were destroying them. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. destroying them. So yeah, yeah. And I, I remember, I remember buying this pay per view, um, you know, watching it. 
you know, um, with my dad, or at least most of it, my dad. Um, mm-hmm. And just like, I, I don't know, this is, you know, I always, I, I've said to you guys, like, this is just one of my favorites, if not my favorite pay-per-view. I think, I think a lot of us do it in nostalgia, of you course. know, because the lead up to it, Highway to Hell, you know, mm-hmm. Taker, Austin, like, I mean, it's such a great feud. The poster Rock. was so yeah, freaking cool. Yeah. 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 ACDC yeah. did the theme song, you yep. know, it's yep. just, so yeah, I, I vividly remember watching this pay-per-view. One of the few, I mean, I, you know, I watched every one of them, you know, mm-hmm. imagine, you know, hundred bucks a month on pay-per-views between <laughs> WSW and WBF, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. I know. You know? Um, George, how about you? Uh, yeah. I mean, just like him, I was in see summer. I was just about to go into eighth grade. So, you know, recess was done with there was there there was none of that yeah. i mean that was always a big thing going on in school was you now recess you got you know i mean I, at the time when i was in elementary um, school you know nwo had just started and was taken off yeah. mm-hmm. so everyone was wearing nwo shirts but then as it kind of gradually went on you started seeing fewer nwo shirts and more austin 316 or dx shirts mm-hmm. so clearly you can see where the shift was and even at this point the 83 weeks was over that WSW was was running the table on 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 WWF. I mean, yes. that was done. Like they were buried. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that that you could tell or that you could see with the companies were um was the fact that WSW was not creating any stars. They were focusing heavy on NWO like their idea of of a of a new star was uh nwo red and black it's like yeah mm-hmm. that's cool except not really yeah but mm-hmm. like you know austin <laughs> had just become champion for the first time earlier this year kane debuted not even a year earlier mm-hmm. Mank, uh mick foley was just doing you know he, he went through all three phases of foley by this point mm-hmm. so i mean like they were creating stars like stars you can get behind that's not including the rock and who is uh who was getting ready to break out of the nation Triple H, who was leading DX at this point, I mean, they were creating legit stars. WCW was just banking on, hey, remember this guy? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. still wrestling. And just to give you a bit of a comparison, sure. at this same time in WCW, they did Road Wild, which is the one that they did in Sturgis every year mm-hmm. at the uh, at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. It's a cool concept. So it was, but it, it obviously, like, waned in comparison because yeah, yeah this summer slam was august 30th road wild was the beginning of august it was august 8th mm-hmm. the main event of that show just to kind of give you uh a bit of a, a comparison on star power was diamond dallas page and jay leno versus <laughs> hollywood hogan and eric bischoff you mean the greatest of all time Ridiculous! Oh, hey guys, you guys got any mail here to listen to? Yeah, (laughs) Jay Leno. I'm gonna go wrestling. (laughs) If only. (laughs) Um. All right. So, uh, go ahead, George. If you're gonna finish, that's how. But you can tell just kind of looking at the cards, like there was just nothing anyone could get behind. Like, who really gave a shit about Stevie Ray versus Chavo Guerrero Jr.? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a two-minute match. And then just kind of compare. I mean, yeah, there was there was a, a, a couple duds on this pay-per-view, but I mean the pay-per-view started out with D'Lo Brown versus Val Venus, who at this point wasn't Val Venus undefeated. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um, so 
All right, the opening video package focused on how The Undertaker and Kane, the Brothers of Destruction, were together after they feuded earlier in the year. Obviously, we know that from WrestleMania. Um, Steve Austin said that he knew they were together, and the question was how could Austin survive as the WWF champion? So the pyro went off in the arena as the, as um, some generic rock song played. However, um, once the, the fireworks were done, that's when Highway to Hell by ACDC started playing throughout the arena. People just went bonkers, went banana. Um, so um, if you listen to WWE Network, however, you do not hear Highway to Hell by ACDC. So just let you guys know that. Um, uh, but if you have the VHS you'll hear ACDC or the DVD. You'll also hear Uh ACDC. A big difference from 1998 to the years prior is that there were so many signs in the crowd. And this was really the big boom for signs in the crowd. Like, dude, I, if I had to admit, if I was in the crowd during this time, I'd be pissed with how many signs were like, would be in my face the entire night. Um, it's crazy to see this, the, 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 the difference between then and now when it comes yeah, to signs, like it was sure. just, just everywhere. I mean, look at the wrestling games, like you can create your own signs and then there's like, yeah. there's more signs in the wrestling games now than there are mm-hmm. in actual, uh, mm-hmm. shows. And then they really, really, uh, micromanage what you can and can't have there. Absolutely. I mean, the, I mean, re- wrestling signs in the nineties, that was like the earliest form of Twitter. It really yeah. was. <laughs> It was like your best form of like sporting expression. Like you, you don't, you didn't bring signs to pro sports games. You went to pro wrestling to, to, um, to bring a sign and express what you wanted to do, whether you wanted, you know, to show this woman's tits or you want to say hello to your mother. And like like the, and the the goal was, and the goal was to have a sign that nobody else had. Exactly. Because you, because you, you didn't want to be the 50th guy to make an awesome 316 sign. You know, you you don't want to be that guy. You're like, Oh, how can I, you know, how, how can I stand out? You know, you'd have people who would be getting creative with the signs, like having a sign that has like a raised middle finger in it that you can just move up. People got so creative. God, I I miss that. I agree. Um, all right, so Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, the greatest duo of all time, were ringside. Call the action. Um, so, oh. <laughs> well, they're not my favorite, but I still think. I mean, they were the they were this they were the commentators through like the greatest era of all time. So they kind of, I mean, I think Jr. is the best play by play man of all time. I mean, Jr. is just Jr. is Jr. It's like you never even heard of Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla was good, but like he didn't make sense half the time. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm I agree with Chris. Like I don't understand what George's argument is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for nostalgia reasons, my favorite duo is is Jesse the Body and Gorilla. You know, Je- Jesse oh, is Jesse, my man, is that's... my. If you would have actually, to be honest with you, and this is weird, my favorite duo of all time is Jr. and Paul Heyman. But Ooh, because that's, that's a good duo, though. But that's because bad. because you could hear during every broadcast that Paul Heyman would legitimately piss off Jr. and it was <laughs> awesome. Um, that I loved a lot. But I love anything back then with um, like Bobby the Brain on color mm-hmm. or um, Jesse the Body was so good. Jesse said so many racial things that would get him fired <laughs> instantly yeah. oh, today. Yeah. He yeah. was constantly calling Tito no, Santana Chico. <laughs> like, cousins are going, oh, well, well, you, you go get out of this. It's like, well, you, well, you know, George, 
you know, George, they killed our president. You know, let me, I, read a, I, read a, I wrote a book about that. You know, I ain't got time to bleed. Special um, tyrannosaur. So no, I got uh, no, I got your commentary. I, I get your commentary, do it's actually from SummerSlam. Shut up. It's from SummerSlam '91. The match made in heaven, commentating Macho Man and Liz's wedding. Heenan, uh, <laughs> it was a Heenan Gorilla and Roddy Piper on commentary. Every oh. time Heenan said something, Piper was like, "I'm gonna punch you in the mouth." <laughs> the amount of cocaine at that announce desk is insurmountable. Um. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Val Venus did a pre-match promo about being in New York City, the famous, I came, I saw, I came again. Um, <laughs> I, I, I told you that the other day. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, D'Lo was announced uh, as being from Helsinki, Finland, and wearing a chest protector. That was um, great. Because wasn't he was. getting? Wasn't he billed from a new city every week yes. because he's European champion? Yes, yeah. it was so good. Um, all right, so the first match I'm going to discuss is Jeff Jarrett versus X Pac, where the loser gets yeah. their he- gets their head shaved. Um, yeah, you're just gonna gloss over that second match. You're just gonna skip it like it doesn't even exist. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're just gonna skip right over the oddities versus Kai yeah, and Tai. That's scumbag. <laughs> Could you fucking please? <laughs> <laughs> um, Excuse me, I got a fresh Fago here. Can we talk about the ICP? Oh, I, have a, um, I have a Mesomex. Oh, nice. Oh, oh very good. Um, so Xbox wins this match in just over 11 minutes. I gave this match about two and a half to three stars. It was a good match from two solid mid-card wrestlers from that era. I think I still think to this day that um, Xbox is one of the most underrated workers um, in the last like 30 years or so. I'll um, agree to that. They wrestled at a fast pace for most of the match. Uh, the crowd got into it by the end with some near falls that were very believable. Um, the heels failed the cheat to win because X-Pac was ready for it and got the guitar shot leading to the finish. It was a great reaction, as always, to that chair shot. Um, go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't want to like cut you off. It's but, okay. Go ahead. You know, I want, I'm actually going to defend Jeff Jarrett because I like Jeff a, Jarrett. He gets a bad rap. I have my issues with him. Yeah, me too. He was, he was awful on WCW. Yep. But Jarrett could work the ring. He really could. And he could cut a promo. Yes. He, he des- could he, get heat. He was a heat He deserved seeker. his Hall of Fame induction. He really oh, did. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, he I really agree. did. Yeah. Um, so then yeah. later on. That- <laughs> Ferret? <laughs> it's... it's a guinea pig. It's a guinea pig. Oh. It's Fritz. Oh. oh, I thought it was something new. No, he's giving noozles. <laughs> uh, let's see. So um, post-match, the New Age Outlaws went to the ring to prevent... Southern Justice from stopping the haircut. Um, <laughs> the headbangers and draws. Uh, also, this was pre-destroyed, um, broken neck out of wrestling draws. Um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> what did draws ever do to you? They did worker. anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to take a power bomb there, draws. <laughs> oh my God! No, it was a tombstone, wasn't it? No, no it, was it was a power bomb. It was, a, it was, it was a running power bomb. It was a deal tripped. Yes, yeah, it was sad. Um, Jar- uh, I don't remember the actual incident. He, he pulled it's, a he, he he pulled a Jack Evans and crippled somebody. Uh, uh, Jarrett complained how they're all full of shit, and Xbox started to cut some hair with the Clippers, but that didn't work. Um, so my analysis on this is, I assume the Clippers didn't work as part of the story because Jarrett didn't get his head shaved; he got it trimmed. Um, yeah. 
Jarrett ended up just getting a better haircut. So yeah. it didn't really work out too well. Um, the Rock, after this, The Rock, the Intercontinental Champion, was interviewed by Michael Cole backstage. Rock ripped on Cole, saying he'll slap his yellow teeth out of his mouth. <laughs> um, the Rock said that he is the people's champ, the people's choice, and the best Intercontinental Champ of all time. Um, and then, uh, let's see, the Rock, this was The Rock's first SummerSlam. Uh, he was in the company at the previous SummerSlam, but was not on the card. Um, so moving forward here, Mark Marrow. Um, and the reason why I'm talking about this match, and we'll get into it for a minute. minute. Mark Marrow and Jack. the greatest. Yes, we'll go with that. We must Stop him. <laughs> Wild man Mark Marrow, baby. Um, Mark Marrow and Jackie entered the ring for a mixed tag match. Uh, clips aired from the last two weeks when Jackie attacked Sable. Sable walked out to a mega, mega pop. Um, yeah. Not her boobs, the crowd. Um, <laughs> she, has a, she has a mystery partner. Um, but she walked out alone for the match. Edge's music plays, and he makes his way down to the ring to be her partner. Um, Edge debuted a few months earlier, but this was Edge's very first pay-per-view match. Um, so look at that. SummerSlam 1998, Edge debuts in his pay-per-view, and he's wrestling um, this SummerSlam, what is it, 23 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, insane. Um, Damon Striker. Yep. Um, what is it? A heart, uh, Sexton, Hardcastle. Sexton, Hardcastle. <laughs> that's the best name ever. It is. Um, the it's winners right up there were terrorizing. Oh God. The, the winners, um, unless Austin would have became Fang McFrost. Um, that's true. Otto Von Doom. Or <laughs> Otto, Otto Von Doom. I mean, let's be honest here. Terrorizing is nothing to be, uh, I, nothing to be besmirched with. I agree. Um, the winners were Sable and Edge in just over eight, almost eight and a half minutes. Uh, I give it two stars. Uh, decent action that was done basically to put over Sable and to get Edge on his first pay-per-view. Um, she was absolutely, I mean, at this time, all women really were, were just eye candy. But mm-hmm. she was probably, so let me think here. In terms of baby faces on the card, I I am willing to stake claim that she was the third most over baby face on the roster behind Triple H and Stone Cold. Oh, she would she would have been over whether she was baby face or heel because there was no even when she was heel uh, at the turn of the at the turn of the year in '99, people weren't booing her. (laughs) Uh, Especially no men. No, 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 no. so the Hurricane Rana off the top rope by Sable drew the biggest ovation of the night up to that point. Um, so that was a highlight of that match. Um, afterwards, Mankind is backstage holding the tag team title in his hands. And Cole interviewed him saying the Undertaker informed them that Kane, Mankind's partner, will not be there by his side. Mankind suggested that maybe Cole can be his partner so they can get their asses kicked. Um, Vince McMahon sh- uh, shows up to uh to say that it's okay vince told mankind this is history and it's and it's where he belongs vince said that if mankind can defeat the tag team um defend the tag team titles it will lead to mankind being in the msg hall of fame next week um just fucking dumb hot shot booking for no reason at all that's that's (laughs) definitely a vince russo angle oh Um, you don't say McMahon got him a silver platter as a weapon. Mankind said he had 13 words for the New Age Outlaws. 
how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck woodchuck would? <laughs> so uh, Mick, Mick Foley was a gem, and we didn't even know it. I know. Mm-hmm. So one, uh, uh, he was right. That's thirteen words. So good for him. Um, so after this, we get uh, to a video package to set up Ken Shamrock versus Owen Hart with Owen using Dan Severin as a trainer. Um, there is a video package set up. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, about this match. Uh, Owen and Shamrock match took place in MSG Theater in a Lion's Den setting. So the first of its kind, really, on a WWF show. Um, Owen Hart entered with his trainer, Dan Severin, who was a former UFC fighter like Ken Shamrock. Um, Shamrock got a huge ovation. Um, he was really over by this point, probably because, not to sound weird or you know state in the obvious but he was the most real thing that the wwf had in terms of a legitimate badass yeah Um, definitely he was in the zone yeah he was i mean before each match the guy would literally punch himself in the face twice so um shamrock got the win in just over nine minutes and 15 seconds um shamrock celebrated afterwards and the crowd was cheering mega for him I give this about, you know, three and a half stars. I thought it was very good. It wasn't traditional, obviously, um, but they made it very entertaining and the crowd was very into it. Um, It was just different. And it it was, I'm happy they chose to do this like at a SummerSlam instead of a WrestleMania. Um, So I was, I was happy. And it just showed the range of Owen Hart as a performer that he could, you know, a couple years earlier, have the greatest opening match in WrestleMania history against Brett. Uh-huh. And then you go into a Lions Den match where basically I think Owen's job here was to get Shamrock over. And he did that. So, you know, you know, good on Owen as always. Uh, he did a great job. Chris, um, question for you. Go ahead. Cause you're, you, you, uh, you know, I think, you know, a little, a little more of the behind the scenes workings than maybe George, George and I do. Why is Shamrock not in the WWE hall of fame? Is, is there good- be- is there heat there? There's a little heat about there- his, especially with his exit. Um, mm. And when he left WWF, I don't even know why it matters because they've put people and did the same thing, but the he taught. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> the, the idiot has a statue um, yeah. and uh, an award An award An award. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, that guy, <laughs> that guy has an award. <laughs> um, I, he just said a lot of stuff like disparagingly about Vince and the company. Mm. And, you know, it came out that, which is another just so dumb shit by WWF. Like it came out like how much like steroid he, he abused, steroids he abused during his time there, you know, cause as if they had no idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I think he'll get in. I mean, everybody gets in eventually. Yeah. Um, the only two guys I think that will never get in are obviously Benoit and Dynamite Kid. Other than that, I think everybody. You know, no, nah, Dynamite I mean, Kid will never go in. No. Oh no. No, nah, dude, Dynamite <laughs> Kid was beating the shit of his wife. He ain't going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Benoit just eliminated all of that for himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> never, oh my never, god. Say, never, never say never, though. That's true. Never say never. Um, <laughs> the guy was a bigot and a known racist. Absolutely. Like, well, um, speaking, Is, isn't Jake of, Roberts' dad in the Hall of Fame? No, no, he's he's not. Not. no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, oh no, Calhoun no, no. or whatever his name is. Dick Durbin. Haystacks Calhoun. You mean Grizzly <laughs> Smith? Whatever. 
No, Haystack's Calhoun is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> He's as big as the Hall of Fame. Jesus. <laughs> He's a large speaking of uh, man. Speaking of, of Owen Hart, Chris yeah. uh, and Dean, this was Owen's last SummerSlam. Oh, was that really? sucks. Yeah, well, yeah, it's 98. He was going to die like <clears throat> six months later. George, to answer your question, or... Yeah, George, did, to answer your did question. I, did I have a question? Your text message. Oh, what was it? I didn't see it. About Luchasaurus? Oh, yes. The answer is no. Oh, so he was just there not being used and he got fat? I Possible. He's He is wearing a, late, a weightlifting belt, which does constrict your waist. Um, and he could be exhaling as well, too. So, But weightlifting belts will do that, too, if you because uh, they, they tighten your waist. So they push, they push. Everything goes up. up. Yeah, everything yeah. goes up. So, um, all right. Uh, let's see. Steve Austin, the WWF champion, was interviewed by Michael Cole. Austin said he respected The Undertaker more than anybody there, and he'll do whatever he has to do in order to keep the title. Um, following this is Mankind walks out for the tag team title match without his partner, Kane. Mankind was in a face roll, a baby face roll um, at this point, especially after the Hell in a Cell match just two months earlier at the King of the Ring. Um, the New Age Outlaws walked out with a dumpster full of weapons. Um, so, here we go. WWE Tag Team Championship match. No holds barred. Falls count anywhere. Mankind versus New Age Outlaws. Billy Gunn and Road Dog. The winners, new tag team champions, New Age Outlaws. Um, so, my uh, analysis on this is a one star. Um, good job by Mankind putting up a fight, but it wasn't meant uh, to be in a handicap situation. Um, outlaws dominated from start to finish and finished them off with a big move to end it. Um, you know, post-match road dog did the new age outlaws promo about how they are the new tag team champs gun said that they would put mankind in the trash where he belongs gun, put mankind in a fucking dumpster. That was ringside. Mm-hmm. Um, the outlaws celebrated with their titles. Kane opened up the dumpster that he was apparently in. All right. Kane picked up a sledgehammer and smashed down on it. Um, we couldn't see him actually hit Mankind, but JR was freaking out about it while trying to sell it by saying, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Um, Kane shut the lid and pushed the dumpster away. So that goes into my why it was one star. Just so convoluted and unnecessary stuff. That is that is just dripping with Russo. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All you needed was Perry Saturn and Moppy to add to all of them. <laughs> and he was gone from the company by that point. Yeah. Um, in 98? Oh, he wasn't there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Sa- Sa- well, I meant like the Saturn and Moppy bullshit. They, oh, Russo uh, was gone by then. So that yeah, was Russo all. Was oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, here we go. All right. here. This is for this is this is a big one here. A video package aired to set up Intercontinental Champion The Rock, who was a leader of the Nation of Domination, against Triple H, the leader of D-Generation X. Their match of Fully Loaded 1998, one month earlier, was a 30-minute Broadway. Um, so that set up this showdown at SummerSlam in a ladder match. Um, so uh, my analysis before I get to the match was I thought the build of this match was incredible. It was a natural. These two were so – everyone – talks about Austin and the rock and I get it great. Probably the best, one of the best rivalries of all time, if not the best, but people forget the chemistry 
that The Rock and mm-hmm. Triple H had every time they touched. And the reason was, was because there was always legitimate heat between the two because it was a competition. Yeah. And especially when Austin walked out for a year, it was Rock and Austin. I mean, it was Rock and Hunter, mm-hmm. Rock and Hunter. And them two, man, just fed off of each other so well. Um, and it showed through all of this. Um, so right before I'm gonna, uh, we get into the match, I'm going to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. And when I come back, we will wrap up the back end of SummerSlam 1998. Um, and we're going to get George's opinion on this match. We're going to get Dean's opinion. And then we're just going to get right on to the end. Austin, mm-hmm. Undertaker, Madison Square Garden. Um, all right. Uh, this is the Hot Tag Podcast. We have returned. We are back. Uh, I'm Chrissy Francesco. That is Ass Blaster 5000, Dean Holzapple. <laughs> and that is George Rogers. Now, before I get to a break, I just want to let everybody know, if you guys right now, you want to help out the show and you want to help us, you know, build and maybe get better equipment or be able to um, maybe do whatever it takes to push the show forward with sponsoring, stuff like that, head over to one of the number one, uh, one of the top, um, uh, uh, wrestling apparel clothing stores online, not pro wrestling tees, but go to coloranebobrand.com. That's owned by Al Snow and it's been around for quite a few years. Um, head over there right now, check out their shorts, their t shirts, their hoodies, their hats. Um, go there and it, at checkout, type in hot tag, all one word, H O T T A G. You get 10% off your order, and uh, a little bit of that comes right back to the show to help us out. Uh, to continue to grow and get better. Um, so, um, collar and elbowbrand.com. Um, and I will be right back in just a few seconds. Welcome back, Hot Tag Podcast. I'm Chrissy Francesco. Joining me is, uh, I'm not going to say what Dean's name is here, but Dean Holzapple and George Rogers. Now, continuing this, and here we go. Let's continue and get dig our heels into um, the back end of this incredible pay-per-view. So let's start talking Triple H and The Rock. The D-Generation X band were in the arena, and they did the introduction for Triple H, which was pretty badass. Um, they were in the ring performing the song, the lead singer, Chris Warren, of course, who sadly passed away in June of 2016. Um, sadly, he says. <laughs> <laughs> um, Isn't he a drug addict? Uh, probably. Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, Triple H, obviously, which uh, China with him. Um, the Rock walked out with the Intercontinental title. Um, the Rock actually got a lot of cheers on this night. And it's just kind of, it was almost like, I don't want to say a double turn, because no one really ended up hating Triple H. But this match really started to turn the crowd towards The Rock. Um, so uh, Mark Henry was with The Rock, because this was right around when Mark Henry uh, had just started with the company at the signing the huge 10-year contract. Um, well, this is also like the back end of the of the nation, and there really wasn't anything for Mark Henry to do. So right. he was just following around other members of the nation. Right. Um, Triple H was dealing with a right knee injury going into this match. You could see the massive knee brace under his purple tights. Um, Love uh, those tights, by the way. By the way, mm-hmm. Calk Line Official will be releasing those shorts and pants soon. So I'll keep I'll keep you updated on that. Please, um, yeah. Dean's have, already got them. Are they going to have the red ones with the green H? I think he said it's going to be like the purple ones and then the mm-hmm. red ones and then those. Fantastic. So I he's going to come out with a bunch of them. Um, oh, good. I I miss Triple H's long pants. I I agree. 
Um, the Rock handed the IC title to referee Mike Kyoto, who's an asshole, by the way. Um, he put the- Whoa, what am I hearing? Oh, Venom. Uh, he, yeah, he's a venomous piece of shit. Um, really? So, really? Wow. Yeah, he's a scumbag. Dean, he's from Cinnaminson. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was like best friends with uh, with Joey Morella. Yeah, Joey Morella, um, I'm sure, was a nice guy. Mike Kyoto's not. Um, I'm sure. Really? I, yeah, scumbag. Um, I like how he went to AEW for one match. <laughs> um, yeah, because they were probably like, oh, we have a legitimate referee here. We can't have that. Yeah, we need, like, uh, we need Aubrey Edwards to give us facial expressions and lean every which way. <laughs> we need Rick Knox to look confused every time someone goes for a pin. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. What What's do I name? do? Do I count the three? Her name's Aubrey Edwards, right? Yeah. 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 She looks like a like a poor woman's like Marilyn Manson. She looks like she's trying to cosplay as flow from the progressive yeah. commercials and kind of failing. Yeah. Um, All right, Intercontinental Championship match Rock versus Triple H in a ladder match Triple H wins this match In 24 and a half minutes Um, So The Rock, let me just do some pre-quick Things here At the time of this match, The Rock was 26 years old And Triple H was 29 Um, And this was This was the third ladder match In WWE pay-per-view history This last one before this was um uh was SummerSlam night <laughs> SummerSlam 1995 and then before that WrestleMania 10. Um we hadn't quite gotten to the Hardy Boys doing a ladder match every month at this point. Yeah, because weren't they still using that same like like basic orange ladder? Yes. For the matches correct. before they were they yep. got the gimmick ladders. Yep. Um so my analysis. I Dave Meltzer gave this I think like three and a quarter or four stars because he's an idiot. I gave this match five stars and it's absolutely outstanding ladder match that was given a ton of time. 24 and a half minutes is a lot of time. Um, they go ahead. team. <laughs> I just want to interrupt you. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it told it, it. The match told a smart story with the rock going after the knee and um, you know, the baby face hunter making that comeback win. Um, it was a big moment for Hunter since The Rock um, had that title for nearly nine months, 265 days. For those who don't remember, The Rock held that IC title for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when The Rock finally lost it, it mattered. You know, good old fashioned pro wrestling storytelling. So can we get back to something like that? That would be long, nice. Long term storytelling. We had that. Don't don't do this to me. Yeah, <laughs> here he fucking goes. Um, if if there AEW, was, where the big boys play. <laughs> if there was ever a match, Chris's that, face is so red. It's, oh, it's so ridiculous. hot. I'm I'm sweating <laughs> profusely. Um, if there was ever a match that was like a coming out party for not one but two guys, this would be it. Um, both guys became much bigger stars after this thing was over. My the only gripe I had with this match was that when they did their climbs to reach the title, some of the climbs, especially by The Rock, were so slow, <laughs> like really well, yeah, slow. Like, you'll have you'll have all the energy in the world to set the ladder, then then you go to climb it, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, how do I do yeah. this again? How do I climb a ladder <laughs> at six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds? <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I like that they use the ladders as weapons because they are not known as flyers at all. Um, they are definitely ground game kind of uh, pro wrestlers. So having them use 
their power with the ladders made a lot more sense to me. So that was great booking. Um, so the, the finish was, was kind of cheap, but which was rare for a ladder match, which was great because at this point they were usually booked with a clear cut winner. I don't mind it because it fit the story with China and Mark Henry. Um, so having them get involved made sense. I would have had Henry probably try to go after Triple H and after China knocked down the rock, but that's just a minor gripe, neither here and there. Who cares? Um, what this match did was elevate both guys to the moon. Uh, so even though the rock lost, he came out really, if you think about this guys, and I'll, I'll get into it now, the rock came out as the clear cut winner because he was the guy that immediately after this became the main eventer first. Mm -hmm. Um, the Rock ended up becoming the WWE champion a couple months later at Survivor Series. Um, so that's what he got from this match, which is unbelievable. Um, and the WWE Network version, or you can, back in the day, if you if you bought the VHS, there was exclusive home video footage of The Rock oh, yeah. uh, slowly walking to the back after the match. They showed The Rock walking backstage, and people were yelling, where's Taker? Where's Taker? Probably because they were needed. They needed Undertaker to get ready for the main event. Kind of important. Um, Rock did a promo saying the fact is that nobody can be the people's champ because that's what the Rock is. And the Rock ended it by saying payback is a bitch. Um, so, and, and like we said, a couple months later, the Rock, after losing here, goes and becomes the youngest WWF champion in the history of the company at that time. Um WWE used the cheers that The Rock was getting here to make him a babyface for a few months before that epic, shocking heel turn uh, to win that title. Um, as for Triple H, he had to wait another year to win his first WWF title, which was the night after the 1999 SummerSlam. Um, so here we go. Getting to the main event now as Dean falls asleep. Um, no, I'm, I'm, just, I know, I'm, I'm just sitting just, back. <laughs> I well, I want to... Chris, if I can go back to that ladder match real quick. Well, yeah, like of course. the rock kind of shot the, 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 the rock kind of shot some move because triple H was like went out for a couple months with that knee injury. Yeah. So even like by the time he came back, he was still like doing the DX thing. Yeah. And then, and then he obviously broke out of that when he, uh, <clears throat> when he screwed over X-Pac mm -hmm. at, uh, at WrestleMania 15. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, like the rock got his shot to the moon first, but Triple H had, but, but, but Triple H's rise while all those guys were healthy is insane. How he just stood out of that pack in 99. I'm sure we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it again later, but it's like going back and kind of reviewing that and looking at it, it, it still kind of blows me away that Triple H found a way to stand out while Austin rock and taker were all at the top of the card. Yeah, and we're gonna talk. We're gonna cover in the coming weeks the 1999 and 2000 um, SummerSlam because look, business was as hot as it's ever been. So I definitely want to go over those pay per views. Um, so the announcers are here to set up Steve Austin versus the Undertaker for the WWF title match. Lawler said he can't believe Undertaker said that Kane won't be involved in the match. Um, the Undertaker walked out alone for the main event, um, and you know it's weird. But this was a, a baby face versus baby face um, going into this. Um, and then, it, guys, if, if you go, anyone who's listening, you guys go to WWE Network or anything. When that glass shatters at Madison uh -oh. Square Garden, the camera shakes. And it was so loud from that crowd. And JR, hey, yo, 
but I don't mean to cut you off. Didn't WWE just announce that they're, or it's been rumored that they're going back to Madison Square Garden this year? They are. I think it's uh, October and November. Okay. Is it for I, a Raw I, or something like that? I think it, no, SmackDown. Okay. Well, yeah. a, a weekly show, not a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be okay. a, a SmackDown tape uh, show, live show. Um, JR comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, JR says, no WWF champion has ever entered Madison Square Garden with that kind of ovation. I challenge you. I challenge you to research that, King. Um, I literally just felt this building shake. By God. It was a huge ovation. Um, let's not forget, you know, Hulk Hogan sold out Madison Square Garden probably 30 times. <laughs> so, but, he, but even Hogan never got go. the reaction that Austin got. No. <laughs> I what, love Dean so much. What did you say? He said, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um Lawler pointed out that we're a lot of fans that love The Undertaker, and that was very evident on his entrance. Um, so giving some extra analysis here that I want to kind of give, um, an interesting backstory to this match is that head WWF writer at the time, Vince Russo, wanted Undertaker to go into this match as a heel. Vince said no to that idea. Undertaker ended up turning heel within a few months, but going into it, he was still a babyface. Um, I think Taker going into this match as a heel – would have really helped this match. I, I can also see why they didn't do it because this match result is what led to the heel turn. But when Austin is this hot, I don't think it was necessarily smart to have him go in there with an established, huge baby face, popular guy. Um, you're almost setting up to have, I'm not, I don't want to say, I mean, Austin, no matter what, this time, nobody's topping the guy, but yeah you're almost in a bad time to do this, asking the audience to choose. And at this yeah. time, you, with Austin involved in anything, that was your choice. So yeah. I don't know why you put The Undertaker in there as a baby except, face. Except me. Except. <laughs> I mean, I loved Austin, but like, I, you know, nothing tops Taker, you know? No, no I, I agree. So, I mean. So on, for me, I, I actually, I remember vividly wanting Taker to win that match. Yeah, I mean, look. At that time, I was always a. I mean, Austin was my guy since mm. um, since uh, Michaels was gone. But anything Undertaker was in, I wanted him to just either win or look good. I, 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 I Austin and Taker were like one A, one B all the time. Um, so here we go. Uh, Steve Austin versus the Undertaker. Steve Austin wins in just under twenty one minutes. Um, this was their first. This was, I'm sorry, this was not their first pay-per-view singles match because they had one, they had one in 1997. This was their first pay-per-view match after Austin became a legit main eventer and a top guy. Let's remember SummerSlam last year, 1997, uh, Owen Hart dropped Stone Cold Steve Austin on his head. So um, almost killing, uh, I don't mean that, that was a bad pun. Um, oh almost, my God. Almost, I didn't mean that. Almost destroying the... Um, the, the attitude era right before it even got kicked off. Um, I don't know what's worse. In fact, that you said dropped on his head or almost killed him because you're you're oh, just geez, that were two bad puns. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um awful. Well let's I mean, you know Owen Hart got dropped on his head. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Payback's a bitch. Oh, <laughs> God. Um well, I, well, well I, 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 I listen, I've seen backstage footage of what happened. 
was Marty McFly was climbing on the scaffolding and had to cut the rope to <laughs> let the sandbags fall down, and then Owen Hart fell instead. Unfortunately, Owen Hart was on, the sandbag. On gang. <laughs> Owen Hart eagle sandbags. <laughs> landed oh. on Biff's gang. By Biff's <laughs> gang, I mean by, by Biff's gang, I mean ring post. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> was that Billy Zane? <laughs> oh no! It's Jeff well, Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> hope he makes an appearance at this uh, event. Is that Epsilon? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mephisto. <laughs> oh. um, so, no, all, joking well, aside, well, all joking aside, I, I, I love that one. Yeah, yeah well, everyone did. A year prior to this was the, what, it was the, the heart and soul match, right? That's correct. Where, yeah. it was, uh, where it was Brett against Taker, because Taker went in as champion. Yep. And then Sean wrapped the chair around his head, which led to all those events that led to that year or so. Yeah, yeah, great main event. Um, and I absolutely love the absolutely love the build. Not, not to keep cutting you off on that. No, it's okay. Press, it's but right. I remember the build for this was like there was like a random there there, there was like a random no, uh, like falls kind of anywhere match going on, and Taker just walks into the arena, like hits whoever is standing near him, gets into the ring and cuts that promo where he's basically talking to Vince about how everybody, like all of his other handpicked champions left and he's still been standing and he has not been given any title shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, it was real cause he wasn't a gimmick. He was just wearing a, like a black sweater and jeans. And he was talking about, he's like, you know, after nine or it's like after eight years, I've had enough, you know, all of your other handpicked champions have all left you, but I've stayed by your side. And for what, you know, mm-hmm. so you can, so you keep sticking me in matches against my brother. Yeah, exactly. So it, was, um, it was a real personal build to it. Mm-hmm. There are no disqualifications for this match. Uh, things were things were even in the first couple of minutes. There was a rough moment early on as Austin ran the ropes, kicked Taker in the chest, and Taker shot back up so that his head hit the bottom of Austin's chin, not legitimately knocking him out uh, for a few seconds. Austin went down hard um, as and has told the story that he was legitimately knocked out for for quite a bit there. Austin had no idea where he was, so Hebner had to tell him that he was in a ring at SummerSlam at Madison Square Garden. Um, they did the spot again, and Taker ended up um, hitting a suplex out of it. Um, you know, Undertaker missed an elbow drop. Taker caught Austin in his arms and dropped him on the top rope, um, gun style for a two count. Um, and that was Austin's finisher in WCW, for those who don't know that. Um, well, what was that? What move was that again? Um, he dropped them. Um, uh, Taker caught Austin in his arms and dropped them on the top rope, like stun gun style. Oh, okay. Um, like the stun gun. All right. Yeah. The stun gun. Yeah. Um, so JR and King noted, um, the spot where their heads collided, which was uh, good that the, the crowd, uh, that the announcers was letting the crowd know that, or the, 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 the viewers know that, yeah, that necessarily wasn't planned to go that way. And I think they were saying that because just in case the match had to be stopped, they, there was a reason why. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was parts of this match, you know, when Kane came down to the ring um, and Undertaker told him to leave. Um, so, yeah, it was, you know, overall, I, I, I don't, this wasn't a five-star match by any means. And I'll get into, you know, what Austin said about this match. Um, but to me, when you include the build and what this match meant in Madison Square Garden, I give it five stars, at least four and three quarters, right? Yeah. Um, the match was really good. It didn't reach a point where it became an elite title match, um, but they had the kind of match, you know, worthy of a WWF title match at one of the biggest shows of the year, the biggest SummerSlam in history. 
um, where everything pro wrestling was at an absolute fever pitch. Um, I think it would have been, like I said, a better match if Undertaker was booked as the heel um, because fans would have had more of a reason to get behind Austin even more. Um, If this match happened a few years later, they would have likely done the sequence where they kick out of a bunch of finishers. Instead, nobody hit a finisher until Austin countered Undertaker's old school move with a kick um, uh, uh, with an uppercut to the balls. Remember, no DQ and hit the stunner for the win. You know, when finishers mattered. Um, Mm -hmm. If you would have asked me in 1998, I would have expected probably a better match from them. But it's still really fun to watch nearly, you know, over 20 years later. Um, Austin got a massive ovation for the win. Undertaker had the WWF title in his hand. It looked like Undertaker might attack Austin, but he ended up handing it the title as a sign of respect. Um, Kane walked out at the end there and stared at Austin with the Undertaker. They did nothing. Um, Austin just ended um, um, celebrated on the, on the four posts to end the show. So here are some comments from Steve Austin uh, about this match from his podcast back in 2016. Um, this is a comment about him getting knocked out. Uh, we were out there trying uh, to work our ass off and prior to that match, I'm not the toughest guy in the world, but I've never been knocked out in my life. And part of the match, I hit the ropes. Undertaker goes for a backdrop. I kick him in the chest. He goes straighten up, no sell it. And when he does, the back of his big-ass head hits me right under the chin. And boom, knockout blow. He flashed me. I went down on the mat. I was knocked out cold. I was only knocked out for maybe two to three, maybe five seconds max. All of a sudden, I'm laying there on the mat on my back in Madison Square Garden. I don't even know where the hell I am. The referee of that match is Earl Hebner. Earl (laughs) looks... Earl looks down at me. He kind of had this uh, little shit grin eating face on his face. He goes, God, so his usual face. <laughs> so he goes, his usual, God. Uh, shirt, shirt stealing and selling look on his face. <laughs> so he goes, God dang boy. Are you all right? I looked up at Earl and said, where the hell am I? He says, God damn it, Austin. You're in the garden. So I get well. up. here I am. <laughs> um, so I get up and we continue the match. And one of my biggest disappointments in that match was that we were on our way to one hell of a fight and I get knocked the hell out. From that point on, I don't remember the rest of the match at all. I remember laying on the table. I remember Taker getting on a top turnbuckle at 6'11", 300 pounds and dropping a leg. Um, so, I mean, here's Austin talking about how disappointed he was in the match. The reason we were not happy with the caliber of that match was we knew that we could have had a much better one. The crowd wasn't hanging on every single move or every single section of the match. And it wasn't a cookie cutter prefab match. We had five or six bullet points and the rest was fill in the blanks. We knew that we had not captivated the crowd to the degree that we had hanged them, that we had hanging them from the rafters waiting on the next move. Who was going to win? The drama wasn't high enough for us. I dare, dare I say, interest at the proper depth because when you go back to some of the matches that taker had with sean or maybe the one i had with brett or maybe the rock when people were hanging on every single thing that you do we didn't have that on that night and we knew that we could have done better and we didn't hook the crowd enough bottom line we didn't hook them you can ask taker and he'll tell you the same damn thing because we talked about it after the match to me i think austin was being way too hard on himself but that's just how wrestlers are um, they're perfectionists that want to have classics every single time. I yep. still think it was damn good. So I mean, that's... well, anyone. I mean, I mean, anyone would be because when you're 
even if you know not doing wrestling, you no, know, Chris, if you're doing your job, or if I'm doing mine, or Dean, when you were, you know, we, we, when you were in the military, you know, whenever you're tasked to do something, you want to do it perfectly. You want to, you know, you want to do something right. And when you make like a silly mistake or like a common mistake, it, it kind of eats away for a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. But, but 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 even more so with these guys because they're they're in a business where they're professionals. They're in the number one company for that profession. So, you know, to them, everything needs to be, you know, not perfect, number one anymore. 100% of the time. Um, what? <laughs> um, so AEW. The- AEW. AEW. <laughs> Um, Coming soon, the rise and fall of AEW. (laughs) Um, I don't think so, my friend. uh, So this event on the WWE Network ran for two hours and 42 minutes. Um, So a pretty good, uh, nice long pay-per-view. So here are my five random thoughts as we get to the end here. And you guys can cut in whenever you want. Uh, To me, match quality was... You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You Um, gave him the okay to do that. I know. The match quality was strong from top to bottom. Honka, um, honka. Four matches over the three-star hey. level to me. Hey, brother. Uh, <laughs> there, <was a>, <laughs> there was a match of the year contender with Triple H and The Rock um, and a main event that was better than most SummerSlams before it. Um, I think it was clearly the best SummerSlam ever up to that point. Did it get passed? Maybe. But at that yeah. time, it was the best SummerSlam um, because of the solid matches all night long. The only match that was awful was the Oddities versus Kai and Tai. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa. Oh, here he goes. Problem. Here he goes. Oh, my God. Come man. on, I, Dean. Defend the Oddities. I can't. Good. Defend Kai and Tai. I'll every, defend Mark Marrow. Every, He's, he wasn't in that match. <laughs> I'm just going to defend him anyway. <laughs> to me, everything else was watchable, um, which is good for a pay-per-view. Um it was a good next month. Uh, it was a good night for the faces because they won every single match except D'Lo Brown's disqualification. Um, I didn't like that finish, but it kept the Euro title on uh, Brown while not hurting Venus too much. Um, Venus. This was probably the first show where I was really impressed with Triple H as a singles guy, as like a drop, like a just a top of the line singles guy. That doesn't mean I think he sucked or anything like his first few years. I just could always tell he was going to be good. But I just remember knowing that he was, you know, he had this knee injury. They talked about it. Um, and he just went out there and busted his ass for a half hour in the biggest match of his career at Madison Square Garden against The Rock. Um, you know, kudos to him and kudos to The Rock for putting him over and and getting a great match out of him. Um, my next thing here, a lot of people, including us, rip relentlessly on Vince Russo for reasons that are very much deserved, but he also deserves a ton of credit for being a big reason for shows like this and survivor series, 1998, which was also highly rated. Russo was very good. And I'll say this. He was very good at caring about mid carters and always trying to give them different gimmicks, which showed up on this card with guys like D and the chest protector um, little things like that. He was that, legit that's... hurt. Bro, I mean... bro, bro. I got this idea, bro. I'm going to put you in a chest protector, bro. <laughs> the show, this show did the biggest buy rate in SummerSlam history with 700,000 buys. That was a 465,000 increase from the year earlier. 
Um, it was also 75,000 more buys than the previous SummerSlam high in 1989. It's also higher than any Royal Rumble or Survivor Series ever. The 700,000 number will remain the second highest number for a non-WrestleMania show um, until Invasion 2001, which did 775,000 buys. Um, that The number um, also beats several WrestleManias in terms of pay-per-views. In other words, this show made WWF a lot of money. Um, Much money. Yes. Um, so here we go. My opinions on this pay-per-view. Um, as we get to the end here, the best match, Triple H versus The Rock, hands down. Um, worst match, Oddities versus Kai and Tai. Sorry, Dean. Okay. I agree. <laughs> Most memorable moment to me was Triple H winning the ladder match at the China Low Blues. Um, uh, at, and, you know, Triple H standing at the top of that ladder with the Intercontinental title. Also, that big dead motherfucker's leg drop from the top <laughs> turnbuckle through Austin. Um uh, on the it, Spanish announce table. It still shows up in like video packages to this day. It's yeah. unreal. He and Undertaker dude at that time was all 6'11", 320 pounds. Um oh, just muscle. Yeah. I mean I mean you know what I mean? Like he was no he was yeah. always a stout oh, yeah. an athlete guy. Like he George, was... when we when we the last or well, the last wrestling show I went to, uh I think it was the same one with you, George, right down in Lang City. Yeah. And we were, you know, up in what was that boardwalk hall, and um, you know, we were up higher across from the the, the ramp, and, and you could just even see from there just how just massive Taker was. Well, I met him from that far away. I met him so literally jealous. a month before COVID, so and that dude, man, I mean, gigantic, and just looked so damn like strong and it's just it's insane i mean the guy probably ha- can barely move but he looks so good um he's just an athlete he was an athlete um so i give five stars to the to the following performers triple h the rock austin taker and i give it to mankind as well um what he had to deal with on on that night literally two months after literally dying twice in the ring um oh. So my show rating out of 10, I give this a solid, solid eight and a half. Um, Good matches all night long, plus the breakout ladder match by Hunter and The Rock make this one of the best SummerSlams of all time to me, only bested by 2002. Um, It was fun to watch when it happened, and it still brings a a smile to my face when I watch it now over 20 years later. So that's... That's my SummerSlam 1998 review, guys. What are your ratings on the mat on the event? Eleven. All right. I mean, I, I mean, I can. This one goes to eleven. I mean, I can agree <laughs> Why not on just the make ten louder. Because <laughs> this goes to eleven. <laughs> I can agree on the uh, on the eight and a half uh, ten. I mean, I yeah, would I, give I'll us. Agree with I, I'd get, I would. I would give it a nine or higher if it wasn't for that damn oddities match. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess every I mean, I guess every match needs a, or I guess every pay per view needs a dud. So it's, yeah, there absolutely. it is. Mm-hmm. So and WWE, that's all duds now. Might as well yeah. watch AEW, a real wrestling organization. I'm ignoring everything you say. Hey, the, I uh, own two AEW figures compared to my uh, technically WCW figure because the Macho Man figure I have is the Slim Jim figure from the Macho Man. So, from WCW, so. all right, yeah. Oy. So. 
I'm, AEW. I mean, weird, 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 weird flex, but okay. AEW, where men so, become women. <laughs> Nyla Rose. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. Uh, you know, all jokes aside, uh, I'll make the argument for AEW because they have Adam Page. I mean, uh, I understand. It makes total sense. And I do like Jungle Boy. I have to admit, he's awesome. I do too. Come on, he's got the greatest theme song in the business yeah. right now. <laughs> except rather than except rather than keep him in the main event, they just knocked him back. They just knocked him right back down the card again. Yeah, hey, we're gonna have you feud Jack with. Uh, we're gonna have you feud with our knockoffers of the Million Dollar Corporation, the Hardy Family Office. <laughs> um, but so so in regards to this pay per view, um, Chris. Yes. Now, DX were faces. Am I right or am I wrong? You're correct because Triple H was the babyface at the yes, time. Yes, and X Pac was the babyface going into the match with Jeff Jarrett. Yes, but yet the Outlaws are supposed to be babyfaces, but then they said we're going to throw Mankind in the dumpster. That's heel. That's a heel move. I know. I mean, that's I mean that's Russo writing right there in itself. That's but. that's why my eight and a half is that eight and a half because I thought yeah. the, obviously oddities don't count, but. He, for that mankind booking was really weird to me, um, yeah, because he because they they beat the piss out of him. Like I know that not exactly face tactics. I mean, I know it's the outlaws, and they're going to be and they're going to be renegades regardless. But I mean, even that was a bit much for a face. I, I mean, whatever. I so, but I agree with you, man. Um, yeah. So, Dean, you agree with the same thing? Match of the night, Rock um, versus Triple H. Yeah, I I would give it a nine out of ten as a okay. rating though. Okay. Um, but you know, because that out of these matches, it is trash. And you know, <laughs> but overall as a pay-per-view, it's just it's I think it stands the test of time mm-hmm. of it captures exactly what that era in a wrestling was, whether you yeah. think it's the best or you know, or not. I mean, it it saved wrestling, if yeah. you know, and yeah. that pay-per-view right there is everything the attitude error was i, I agree. also love i also love everything that followed this pay-per-view because this set up right mm-hmm. because then we got then at the next pay-per-view which was i think breakdown is when Austin is when undertaker and kane pinned austin at the same time but yeah somehow that just meant that the title got vacated <laughs> exactly um, and then that set up to austin with the zamboni and breaking vince's ankle austin in the hospital one of the best raw segments of all time yep Yep. I mean, it's. I mean, th- it almost seemed like this pay per view just kind of set every everything else to follow in motion. Yeah, I think 1999 is in 2000 are the two biggest years financially for WWF, and mm. this is basically like you said, this is the rocket strapped to 1999's ass. Like this, mm. this basically takes the company to a whole another level. And I, agree. I mean, like 98 was so good and 2000 was so good. And like 99 is kind of in the middle. And that was a very hit and miss year. Oh, because WrestleMania, because WrestleMania 15 was kind of a dud. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I know we had Austin. I know we had Austin rock the first time, but the rest of the pay-per-view is not a good pay-per-view. I agree. And St. An Valentine's Day Massacre actually. is kind of a, you know, was, 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 was here nor there. But as 99 went on, the pay-per-views got better. Agreed. Um, all right. So that will wrap us up. SummerSlam 1998. Um, thank you guys so much. For those of you who don't know, well, you should by now. 
We are all three of us collectively are the hosts of Big Geek Energy, which is a brand new show out right now where we rank our favorite uh, live action Batman films. That was a lot of fun. Love it. Um, so I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah. This this Sunday, I, correct? It will be the yes. brand new We're- Station 007 yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. which uh, yours truly will be gracing the microphone yet again, but for the first mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. talking James Bond, because these guys have figured out really quickly that I am as hardcore of a nerd as they are. And I love James Bond just as much as the next guy. So um, ex- I'm pumped to get yelled at by Dean and George to, uh, on this podcast, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm super excited to talk James screaming, Bond. Screaming, screaming. Yeah. And yeah, then prepare we'll- your butthole now, Chris, because it's going to happen. <laughs> And then next week, your anus. <laughs> and then next week, I will be uh, a special guest on their other podcast, the Multiverse Movie Podcast, where we will be discussing the original Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, so I'm going to be in a lot of places. You guys are going to see my 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 social media flooding with updates. But do yourself a favor, listen to all of them. Help support us. We work really hard at these shows um especially george and and dean they they bust their ass for their podcasts so i'm very grateful for that um but to everyone i'm so grateful and blessed that uh uh, the hot tag podcast is back um we're looking forward to covering mainly all retro old school stuff i don't like covering current product we do that on big geek energy a little bit but um on hot tag um as you notice my logo is old school SummerSlam. i love covering the old stuff because if there's one thing people love about pro wrestling, it's nostalgia and nostalgia will always work. Um, nostalgia sells. Absolutely. Um, if you guys always wondering why Goldberg keeps coming back, it's because he sells. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's because he and- needs to get kicked in the head and get a concussion. <laughs> no, he, no, Brett will let you know how that foot feels. Um, four, out of, four out of 10. <laughs> uh, that, I don't think that was a four out of 10. <laughs> no, it's because Brett can't count higher than four now. Uh. Um, so, um, for Dean and George, I'm Chrissy Francesco. Thank you guys so much. Um, hope you have a great rest of your week and weekend. Check out all of our podcasts on every single podcast platform that you guys can think of. Um, guys, what do you have real quick coming up this week on the multiverse movie podcast? What do you got coming up? Well, it's July 4th weekend, Chris. So what do you think we got coming up? Oh, don't tell me independence day. Ah, Independence Day resurgence. Oh, oh, let's go. No, no, no. It's the I, first I one. It's the good one. Dean, <laughs> will you blink? <laughs> um, Dean uh, forgot what we were doing. That's why. No, no. D- Dean's like, can we end this? I have a back end of uh, Wonder Woman to watch. <laughs> Dean's like, uh, I have to take a healthy shit, watch the rest of AEW, and finish Wonder Woman. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you guys have, I have a great something rest. to say. Uh, you have about ten seconds. Go. Oh, boy. I hope you guys have a great one. uh, And I will catch you guys down the road. Have a good one. Bye-bye.